Uh, the Lord put in my heart to do a youth leadership conference during the summer. After the 12 months or nine months of doing the leadership classes with him, he told me who he wanted, what's the topic. And I thought that was it. That was during the summer. And then he picked up and said, okay, now I need you to do a recording with each one and I'll give you a topic. So the topic with uh, Dr. Michael Smith is conflict resolution. Conflict resolution is something that everybody deals with. It's, it's, to me, it should be taught in class because it's the conflict that people have a hard time overcoming. And sometimes you can grow under the conflict instead of growing from the conflict. You have conflict with family, you have conflict on a job, you have conflict in marriage. I mean, it touches every area of your life. I've learned that if the foundation is not solid, then it's only so far you can go. A lot of God's people go to keep in the back of the desert to build foundation. Of bad leadership, seeing good leadership. Uh, being able to see the bad and the good, and not just that, but also being able to feel the difference. What do you do when you see others that's greater than you? How do you react? Be able to step back when you need to step back and let others lead. How to walk by faith and continue to walk uh, in His Word. In his word. and continue to walk uh, in His Word. I heard someone say, it doesn't matter if it's, God says day is day. And then they said, you do know that daytime starts in the dark. So if God said it's a new day, it's a new day. It doesn't matter how it looks. My name is Maurice Rousseff. We uh, have the Rock Organization, ROC, and my wife and I are owners of Rock Organization. Jesus walked on earth, he always helped people. So I'm remounting after him. So what is conflict resolution to you? 
to me being able to diffuse uh, <laughs> any state of conflict uh, so someone won't be combative or get into a combative nature uh, that's verbally or physically mm -hmm. and it's our job to make sure that we diffuse that um, there are different ways that you can do that what do you think makes a difference with mature leadership as opposed to leadership they're not bad but they're just not mature and the difference with that is you're not leading out of emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The difference between a good leader and a bad leader if you're not leading out of emotions. The emotional part of me would have stopped loving people. Mm -hmm. The emotional part of me would have stopped pouring into people. Mm -hmm. The emotional part of me would have just, you know, held animosity and bitterness and malice in my heart towards people. Mm -hmm because I'm leading out my emotions, so therefore I'm a bad leader. Mm -hmm. You can't be a leader and lead out of your emotions. Your emotions will be affected, but you have to have self-control and tolerance over your emotions and know the same grace that God gave you. You have to forgive and give the same grace to those individuals and not lead out of your emotions. Who I am today has been birthed out of prayer and from a leadership perspective uh, I just don't believe you can lead God's people without having a conversation with God how to lead his people how I'm going to leave God's people in my flesh and I'm not having that conversation with him to say what do I need to do Moses and the list goes on they always had that conversation with God on how to lead his people to get instructions downloads as we talked about strategy mm -hmm. yeah. um, and even where I am now and this new year's upon us I've really been in the presence of God and God has really been giving me a strategy for our church in your gift and being unique we can try to clone and duplicate anybody, yeah. but when you know God has given you something authentic and original, you walk that out. I talk about that in leadership, how I own who I am, every essence of that word, yeah. you know, the passion and the drive that I have for things and subjects. I follow through them and I don't let nobody talk me out of it. I don't want to water that down. Yeah. You know, it's who you are. You won't really see prosperity, peace, and fulfillment in your life until you really walk out those passions and desires on the inside of you and you don't let nobody talk you out of that because that's your happy place. That would bring you joy. That would put a smile on your face. And there are so many people that's not walking in their purpose, not walking in their assignment because it's not trendy. Yeah. It's not popular. Um, everybody's not doing it. So they'll do what everybody is doing. And you see a lot of duplication these days. You see everybody mirroring somebody. And that's why the spirit of competition is out in the hour that we're living in because nobody's owning their true identity. Yeah. I think it's so important in the hour that we're in where you have a strong social media presence. If you think about people that made an impact in this community, in this world, they own their originality. Mm -hmm. They they traded that whole little process out. Yeah. You know, they dug new grounds, they developed new wells, and the list goes on. Yeah. And that's where the difference came at.
but when I think about Saul and David, I think about somebody that God sent to help you, but you're trying to destroy the person that God sent to help you. Of course, you know, Saul, the Bible speaks of an evil spirit came over him, and it was David that God will use to place skillfully, you know, to drive that spirit off of him. Um, but as David began to get influence in the reign in the kingdom of Saul, Saul got jealous. Um, one day they came back from the battle against the Philistines, and the Bible speaks about Saul has killed a thousand, but David has killed ten thousand. And said that Saul eyed David from that day forward, mm -hmm. meaning jealousy silent his heart mm -hmm. towards David, even though he knew David was his heart, his help. Many times Saul tried to kill David, of course, with the javelin, and the list goes on. So David had to end up leaving, you know, and coming back at another season of his life. But then there was a point where David saw Saul in the cave, cut a piece of his skirt up and say, look, I could have killed you last night, but you guys are knowing it. That was David's fear of God. Mm -hmm. To say, I could kill you for all the stuff that you tried to kill me, but because I fear God and I know that you steal God's anointing, even though you're in error. So what do you think about Elijah and Elijah? From that perspective, that was more of a mentoring kind of moment. I think about, when I think about that story, I think about mentoring and submitting to someone that have something greater than you have and not being intimidated or jealous or threatened about it. Mm -hmm. But knowing I'm here to glean from you, I'm here to learn from you. And it goes back to the principles of life. You're gonna meet people that's gonna inspire you. You're gonna meet people that desire to, that maybe doing something that you desire to do. You're gonna meet people that have like spirits, a kindred spirits. That's your tribe, uh, those people uh, that you're connected to, to get you to a place. Uh, it was Elijah's job to get Elisha to where he needed to get. Mm -hmm. And God was sending people in your life for the path and the journey that you on to get you to that place. I'll uh, use for me as an example, it took a Bishop Alexander to get me to where I am. She is my Elijah. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be impacting your life. Mm -hmm. It's just like that whole little channel effect. You know, you read people that God was sending your path now for his purpose and for his assignment. I had to go to Delaware to get my life saved, that I may come back and be the Moses of my family. I think about people that have a mantle or anointing you know, or oil uh, that they carry me that's going to impact my life and there will be a deposit that they'll make in my life that I'll be able to make in other people's lives. So, mm -hmm. you know, of course, we know Alicia received a double portion of what was on Elijah's life and he was able to do greater exploits yeah. than even Elijah was able to do. an elder, apostle, a bishop, with no titles, that are doing just as impactful and great works in the community, you know, than people who are with titles. You know, I know some, for some, for sure, that's doing a lot of work in our community, uh, from developing our communities, from helping the homeless, the, the list goes on, and they don't have titles. Yeah. They just have a heart, and they got an assignment for God, and they're, they're walking that thing out. It's full of so many we think about like mother Teresa, mother Teresa, and the the work that she do how many of you know what mother, mother Teresa? she did a lot of uh going overseas and feeding different people and sometimes we try to divide people by their beliefs 
Well, one thing that you always uh, admire about someone is good. You can't deny when people do good, right? And Miss Robinski, Miss or Charmaine Robinski, she always did good. When it came to holidays and uh, how many Christmases and Thanksgivings, how many families was fed off of her cooking. I know I was one of them. And you think about people that serve the homeless, but these are just people in the community. And sometimes you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And you don't know if a family is struggling or not, but that meal made a difference, may have made a huge difference for a holiday, for a Christmas, or for a Thanksgiving, right? When you think about parks and all those different things in the community, someone was behind closed doors saying, hey, don't forget about this community. Well, she was one of those people. And, you know, we have people that do good, but then you have those that do really good, right? No hidden agendas, no motives, just the kindness of their heart. And God looks at that. So I want to applaud Ms. Shermaine uh, Robiski. And we have an Eagles Award for her. And it says, Shermaine Robinski, Good Works Eagles Award, Matthew 5 and 16. And Matthew 5 and 16 said that her light shining bright, and it shined bright in this community. As a mom, my mom fostered my gifts. She saw the things that I was good at, the things that I loved doing, and found ways with her limited means to give me access to those things because she knew that these were things that um, would allow me to prosper. Transferring that over to just life as a mother and a wife, I've been married now 13 years. We have four incredible kids um, and you know, I feel like there's seasons for everything, right? I enjoyed my 20s, but I always knew that I wanted to be a mom, but I know um, that I wanted to have the exposures, and, and I say play overseas and, and, and kind of live a little bit on my own terms independently, because I'd seen my mom be an independent woman. My dad, at the core is a good person, but had trauma, right? Yeah. And so she had to overcompensate in a lot of ways to fill that void. And so, you know, I wrote a letter to Christ. I always, you know, when I talk about my marriage, I wrote a letter to Christ. Um, I had been in a relationship for a long period of time, for about seven years with my college sweetheart, a great guy, but he just wasn't the person for me. I, I was, I'd done some modeling. I played in, you know, international sports. And so wanting to like give that piece of my life to God, right? And so, okay, Lord, I want you to help me find a mate because even though I thought this was the one, mm -hmm. it really wasn't. And yeah. um, I want, you know, my business at that point, I had created a, an agency for talent and modeling in Chicago, which was where I was living at the time. And I'd come to Baton Rouge and, um, and fast forward, I was like, I want my family dynamics to increase with my mom and my siblings because I hadn't been in Baton Rouge for so long. So, I mean, when you lived all over, you kind of just, I honestly thought I'd stay away from Louisiana, not for, for the reasons that I didn't love Louisiana. I just thought, you know, people live in Baton Rouge, it can be very limited. There's a lot of larger cities where you have exposure. 
God had different plans. And so I came home, I wrote, wrote my letter to Christ, I put it in a drawer. I said, I also, you know, Lord, I want, you know, you to know this. Is, these are the things that I would like to have in a mate. I want them to know you, want a family, want, um, uh, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, I could talk sports with, but also grow business-wise with, um, who loves his mom, because I think that's important. You, yeah. you look at the reflection of a man and how they treat their mother, ultimately, is how they're going to treat you. Yeah. And um, I met my husband three days later. I'm very intentional when it comes to my time. So, like, I know that, like, what matters most is seeing my children thrive. And I say the sacrifices of a mom, because my mom didn't have somebody helping her. Um, you know, I realized as a mom, wife, that, like, it is our role to make sure that like my kids are okay mentally, mm -hmm. spiritually, and my husband is completely present. Like we're very, very similar. I mean, we have some differences, don't get me wrong, because in his differences are a lot, like his strengths are in some areas my weaknesses, which help us from a balanced yeah. perspective. Yeah. Um, but we are both completely excited to raise four kids yeah. and, to, and to be 13 years in and be happily married. Is marriage perfect? Absolutely not. Yeah. But yeah. I don't ever want to be with anybody else. And um, and it's work. Yeah. So, um, so for me, you know, being a pillar means that, like, as it relates to just my family and my, my position as a wife, that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that this unit is thriving. Now, you said you were raised as a, by a single mom. I was. Now, you are, it's just one child? If my mom, it's two, my two. brother and I. Uh -huh. So it's, it's fair to say that mom was your strength. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And still is, yeah. and still is. Yeah. Um, you said <laughs> something interesting. You said that she she nurtured those gifts. Absolutely. So she was able to see those gifts and nurture them. That's like important. That's really, really important. So she was the person that like helped you thrive. They know it's okay to come to me. And so I encourage parents just to know that like, we guess what? It's a lot. Yeah. It is overwhelming. Being a mom, working, you know, being a spouse, it is a it's a high demand. Yeah. But we can't take out whatever we're dealing with in our lives on our kids. Yeah. Man, that's some trauma that you 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 can't break, right? You know, you understand yeah. like yeah. it becomes Sadly enough, things that children remember, and it can be one moment you blew up and it was about something that happened at work, but you came home and you transferred that energy over your over to your kids. And you may think it was nothing, but it's something that they will, what, remember yeah. forever. You pride yourself in making sure they're emotionally healthy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's important because a lot of times, a lot of traumas be from the childhood. Oh, absolutely. And it's because they're just emotionally out of whack. Emotionally out of whack. I mean, you know, scars can happen externally, but they can be internally too. I mean, thank God. I mean, I've got trauma. I mean, my dad yeah. was an alcoholic. I mean, he's got six different wives. It sounds crazy, right? It worries you because you think, a lot of women choose men like their fathers, right? And so I was really intentional and prayerful that like I was, I selected a good person for myself because mm -hmm. I always had to say, Brittany, you deserve a good mate. You deserve yeah. a good mate. You deserve a good mate. 
I'm about to cry. Um, but also, I'm making sure that my children have what I didn't have as it relates to a father. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you, that tells me that your mom did a really good job. Oh my gosh, she was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then especially because a lot of people that are so scarred internally, mm -hmm. they run away from their parents. Absolutely, absolutely. They run away from their parents. So for her to stay with you, that speaks volumes. Yeah. She poured a lot into you. It's on the line that you're okay with being the person. The reason I ask that because I'm ex-military and I know it, it took a lot. You know, military like kind of changed my whole perspective and my view of different things. One, we had to work out every morning. <laughs> we had to work out every morning, um, social skills, being, being able to lead, mm -hmm. and being able to just have that discipline to do things. It kind of changed, altered my personality, but it altered it in a good way. So that's why I was like, okay, sports is, I mean, it's not the same, but you No, but there's still discipline. Yeah, I mean, discipline. we had to wake up for 6 a.m. workouts, twice yeah. a day workouts. Like, I didn't have a choice. This was how I was going to, you know, continue to allow my tuition to get paid. You know, I'd have to wake up then at like 4 a.m. and do yeah. extra work if I was late. So it taught me discipline, you're right. right. And I think yeah. that, you know, being in the military, for sure, there's a level of discipline that you obtain that yeah. allows you to say, okay, if, if this is something that I wanna do, I've gotta apply that same discipline. Do you think that it had an impact on your personality. You know, I, I'm disciplined with, okay, we have we have routines when we wake up in the morning. My kids, now, they're still kids. Because I might be like, son, what is your first thing you're supposed to do? Brush your teeth. I mean, he, got, he has all that, but he takes the dogs out. That's mm -hmm. his responsibility. So he might forget to take the dogs out. Dude, you got to take the dogs out. It is what it is. You got to let the dogs out, fill up the dog bowl. My kids fix breakfast. They pack their lunches. Some people are like, your kids do all of that? Absolutely. Yeah. They're blessed with access yeah. and financial yeah. like stability. Yeah. Like they don't have to, but you're gonna know that this doesn't just like, this doesn't fall from the sky. Yeah. Like we worked for this. Mm -hmm. We're working when mom's on Zooms. They know to respect me if I'm doing appointments with clients, but they also have roles that they play in our house. So teaching them discipline now, it's not easy, but it's totally worth it. And the reward is, the fruit of us seeing our children thrive, us seeing our marriages prosper, yeah, and knowing that it all takes work, yeah, and you're not alone, yeah. Like whatever you think you're going through, somebody else is going through it, or even going through something much more difficult. So, yeah. I talked about affirmations, and I really wanted to say what I do with my children and my husband. And I, you know, in the morning, um, before they go to school, while they're in the car, and he brings them to school every morning. Um, but even my two-year-old, if I ask my daughter what she is, she says, I'm a leader, a champion, a princess, a child of God, a genius, a winner, yeah. and I never give up. People say that I'm foolish for how I trust you. Many of you guys don't remember Hurricane Katrina. How many have heard of Hurricane Katrina? Yeah, it was a very devastating storm. And it really tested leadership to its core. People say that I'm foolish for how I I trust you, oh God. Well, let me tell you something. Of those days of being top in Louisiana, 
that through the help of Almighty God and joining the Army in 1971 and 35 years later in the Army as the three-star general, God fulfilled my dream to be able to help my people in Louisiana. And I returned here as the first Army commander with 20,000 fellow troops, 200 ships, over 250 helicopters to help save our people in Louisiana and coordinated the effort of 30,000 National Guard troops. That was a dream that came to me while I was picking cotton in Louisiana. And the cotton I picked, I didn't get paid for because it was on my daddy's farm. You have a great opportunity, young people. It's not where you start this race, it's where you end this race. The road on the left is what? Easy. It is tempting. The road on the right to success is hard. It's uphill. And it's muddy. But life's gonna throw you courage. You're gonna get hurricanes. People in your life are gonna die. They're gonna get sick. And they're gonna need your help. This is all in the fact of growing up. Life's gonna throw you curves. Be ready for it. The inspiration you just heard before me, your beliefs, whatever that might be in your faith, will drive you through it. So take stock in your faith. Just my dream of picking that cotton. That one day I would grow up and do something good for our people. And that day came. Have your reading, your writing, and your math now, and you'll do fine. And guess what? I was a C student. The road on the left is what? Smooth and easy. It will draw you in. The road on the right is uphill, it's rocky, it's bumpy, and it's muddy. It's going to be hard. The decisions you make right now, believe it or not, in Midland High School, will determine what happens for the rest of your life. I chose the uphill, bumpy, rocky, muddy road. That's just a challenge. The only thing between you and greatness is a challenge, but I'm one of the proofs that you can do it. Don't let anybody outwork you. Say that I'm foolish for how I trust you, my God. My name is Dr. Marquis Phillips. Right now, I've mainly focused on leadership of young African-American males. Uh, I am the executive director of the Russell Honoré uh, program located at Southern University in New Orleans. And these young men that we recruit from the high school area, they have to have leadership traits. Uh, we, we select these young men, they get a four-year scholarship to come to Southern University at New Orleans, and we develop them, so uh, giving them life skills, mm -hmm. uh, corporate skills. How long has the program been up and running? Yeah, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. It was uh, founded in June 2012. We have a 
89% graduation rate. All the young men in our program necessarily don't require high ACT scores to receive the scholarship. Mm -hmm. So these young men are C average students. Mm -hmm. uh, we call them hidden gems. Yeah. And we give them that support to say, anybody can make it and we pour into you. I know you can do it. So we give them that support and that's a, some of the financial support that they receive. But they also have mental support. So how did it come about where y'all started to do this for the community to help the black African-American men out? General Honoré and our past president uh, of Southern University System it was a need. Right now, nationwide, there's only 34% of African-American males in college. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always like that. Yeah. We had a lot of young men going to college. Well, around this time, the 20, the millennial area, it's not that many young men going. Yeah. Uh, so we try to find out what we could do to increase those numbers. And some of the barriers we found out that young men don't go to college is financial. Yeah. Right. So we had to know we had to come up with a financial aspect. The other part about it is mental. Right. Sometimes they don't feel like they belong. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have a safe space when they go to college because this is not what they're used to. What do y'all do in the community? Yeah, uh, we are called upon uh, for uh, different things. Uh, just past hurricane season, this year and last year, uh, we was out with, uh, at the time, Council Member Jay Banks. Mm -hmm. uh, they was handing out food for the people in the community, the blue tops, mm -hmm. uh, sandbags. Mm -hmm. So we are called out for that as well. During the pandemic front, Goodwill, we was out there helping people carry their food back into their cars and things like that. The church is called upon us mm -hmm. as well as, and then we do actually go out and try to read to kids as well. Mm -hmm. um, we do that aspect. So it's just about wherever support is needed and that we, that aligns into who we are and what we do, mm -hmm. we kind of do it, right? We advocate for it. From a home perspective, the man is the head. Mm -hmm. So it's like the man is the person of authority in the home. Mm -hmm. And that's what a community is built from, a home. Mm -hmm. So without the man being stable and about the man having those, those different tools in life, then you build a healthy community. Yeah. A healthy family brings a healthy community. Yeah. And then a healthy community gives a healthy nation. So that's like, that's powerful and it's very needed and very important. Mm -hmm. So whether, you know, when you talk about the different dynamics of making sure that the man mm -hmm. is stable yeah. financially, uh, you know, in his home, mentally, mm -hmm. just having those essential tools, that's important. Yeah. Healthy home, healthy community, healthy nation. Uh, we don't have that many broken kids turning into young adolescents, turning into teenagers, turning into adults. So when you talk about leadership and the aspects of leadership with this program, what is the long-term vision for it? One, to grow, right, and to help as many young men as we could. Uh, the other aspect is to actually put young men in the community to deter that crime. Me holding you accountable for something you did, this is about me helping you correct what you don't see wrong. And 
only way we can do that is kind of instill some type of leadership. Boy or girl can still be successful in their own right. Where it's gonna take that love from the village. I was thinking about, there's a story in the Bible about David. Mm -hmm. Samuel came to anoint the next king. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was about to anoint his brother, David's brother. Mm -hmm. And God said, not him. That's mm -hmm. not who I chose. And it was David. David didn't look the part, mm -hmm. but David was the one that God chose. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we have a stereotype of what a person should look like, mm -hmm. as opposed to the person that really can get the job done. Mm. And, um, you know, when I think about that, the Bible says that David was not perfect mm. by far. He was not perfect. He made a lot of mistakes, but he was a king. He served the people. Mm -hmm. And one thing I have learned about leadership is sometimes people throw out or put to side what doesn't look the part, mm -hmm. even though they can get the job done. Yeah. David did say he made he made a lot of mistakes with his family. He made mistakes with his the people that he was supposed to be leading, but he was able to make it right. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's some of the qualities I think good leadership is. Mm -hmm. They're not perfect. They're human beings. Mm -hmm. They're able to acknowledge their mistakes mm -hmm. and make it right mm -hmm. in order to make a difference, mm -hmm. in order to impact the lives of people. When you were talking, I was thinking about the people that y'all bringing up. Obviously, they're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're giving them the tools in order for them to go in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But they're human beings. They make mistakes. But those mistakes could turn into something so valuable mm -hmm. because they're able to teach others, okay, this is a mistake I made. Mm -hmm. Let me keep you from some heartache and some, yeah. you know, some hard, a hard life if you can just Think about what your, your actions and come into the, and go into the right direction. And that's why I say that with men mm -hmm. in regards to they're the head of a house. Mm -hmm. So it starts in the home, healthy emotions. If you have healthy, healthy financial situation, mm -hmm. if you're able to give them the tools in order to thrive, mm -hmm. then you'll have a healthy family. Yeah. And then if you, if they if the family is healthy and you're able to give back and serve and do good in the community, then you have a healthy community. And then obviously that that impacts a nation. So I think that's like profound, mm -hmm. you know, what what you're doing in regards to leadership. There was a, a guy named Favor. He was the the rapper for the for the kids, a okay. Christian rapper. And he was also in New Orleans, wow. caught up for the storm. So he had a personal experience wow. that, you know, that was like a heart to heart type thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that was like a, a low point mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. And he came through. So, you know, General Honore is like that person, very strong personality, mm -hmm. but leadership you know, wisdom is known by its fruit. Mm -hmm. The leadership speaks for itself because mm -hmm. when people are touched and they're like, that was a hard time and we mm -hmm. really needed somebody yeah. to get the job done. Yeah. He came through and mm -hmm. people, leadership speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, that's like the second person that said, man, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank totally, you yeah. for coming through. Thank you for your yes, for helping mm -hmm. and they were all men, and mm -hmm. he makes a, a profound impact on men. Yeah. 
which yeah. is the head that yeah. which is the foundation yeah. you know the foundation for a household yeah. so that's important that mm -hmm. is very important i believe in always my motto was expose kids to success and they will succeed yeah and that's like, i think that's the best thing we can do for our younger generation expose them to something they wouldn't normally see or normally do because they already, you know, what's around them most times are not always positive things. Mm -hmm. So we have to give them a balance and give them opportunity to see something different. Yeah. And we have a positive impact on their lives. Yeah. That's important. That's good. That's good stuff. That's good, good for the community. And that's why I, I, I just said it twice already. Uh, he's making a profound impact on men. Mm -hmm. And I said that the men are the foundation yeah. for a family yeah. yeah and that that impacts a community and that impacts ultimately a nation how did you pivot how did you change direction so i had to make a very tough decision because as she said i had to pivot i had to change direction i had to come to the realization that just because I'm not getting to what I wanted this way doesn't mean that this is still not for me. When the storm comes, some people build walls and some people build windmills. You're either going to build a wall and cause it to enclose you, or you can build windmills, which is power. And some people find the power in those moments, and some people don't. All I did is redirect my focus. So I was completely what you call tunnel vision focused on getting this goal. So everything, wake up early, work out, eat right, do everything to get this. Those are defining moments. Those are moments that pivot you into your purpose, that pivots you into your destiny, those are moments that pivot you into a place that you just couldn't imagine. And they just wind up being dark moments turn into bright moments. When you're 16, 17 years old, who wants you to do that? I didn't really want to do that, but you know what? I wanted this home. And I had to get up and work out. It's important to understand that when Jesus was elevated, it didn't look like elevation. Nothing about that looked like elevation, but it was elevation. You can have really whatever you want, but it's got to be clear. Habakkuk 2 2 says, Write the vision, make it plain. The vision that I had was to have a successful life where I could be pursuing something that I was passionate about, that I could make a difference in people's lives, that I could live like I wanted to live, that I could be free, time-wise, free financially, do what I wanted to do. But even if it happened in one way, guys, my vision still was not as big as the vision that God had for me. And then another thing came in front of me, another opportunity came in front of me that was really out of my realm of what I even thought was possible. Money cannot 
determine who you are. But I wanted to be someone who was able to make an impact beyond just staying a cradle. Someone being beaten, someone being scorched, spit on, and someone putting sword in his side. Nothing about that looked like glory, but it was glory. So promotion doesn't look like promotion. Elevation doesn't look like elevation. And it comes through conflict. It comes through trauma sometimes. And if you're able to overcome it, then you're able to see the gold of it. If you don't and you just kind of shrink up or you just, you're either gonna build a wall or you're gonna create power. And Jesus knew because he was in the presence of God. He knew it was his time and he created power. He walked through it. I mean, he could have easily said no because we have free will. He could have said no, but he stayed. I'm glad he did. We all benefit from it. So that's power. And that you have to keep in the back of your mind when trials and tribulations come. You to just let me be. I need you to bring me some praise. So why you hollering? Oh my God, I need you to come through for me. I don't need you to just let me be.